Thank you so much. Enjoy those favorite hymns. There's lots of great hymns in our Christian faith, and uh, thank you for participating and pulling those out for us today. I wonder who here is at their breaking point. You know, a couple of months ago, I asked people in a picture-perfect world, what would you like to escape from? And it was overwhelming. So many people said, I'm stressed out. I'm just stretched to the max. I'm overwhelmed and overextended. So much is going on in my life, I just can't seem to control it all. You know, if you're like that today, you are not alone. Eugene Peterson, he was the guy that uh, is deceased now, but he was the one that kind of gave us the message version, the, the uh, kind of amplified, if you will, or modern paraphrase translation of the Bible. And he said this, and that is that busyness is not a symptom of commitment, but it's a symptom of betrayal. I wonder today what maybe you are betraying in your life or think you're trying to keep up with and you just can't do it. So we're in a new sermon series. We are calling this, You Got a Friend in Me, and we're taking our inspiration from Toy Story a little bit. You know all the toys in there, those characters? Our Sunday school department with our kids have been looking at each of these characters and relating them to someone in the Bible to kind of explain how God works in our life. And of course, our focus for this series is the, to help people understand the main purpose of God telling us about himself, to make it himself known to us, and also letting us know, reminding us just how much that God uses us in so amazing ways. God wants to use you. Do you know that? So there's a character in the movie, Slinky, and I've got Slinky here with me. And Slinky gets, you know, stretched a lot. And it's amazing how uh, this little toy uh, is, is stretched in so many ways. And I think it really fits with the person here out of the Old Testament by the name of Gideon. Gideon is a guy that really got stretched a lot. And we're going to look briefly at this person here in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at how God worked in his life. Now, Gideon, who is he? He's the guy that wrote the Bible in the motel, right? <laughs> Actually, he did a little bit more than that. And he is stretched to the max. And it's exactly how Gideon felt, I think, perhaps like Slinky in, in, uh, in this story here as he was called upon by God to lead this army. And not only that, but to even shrink the army even further. And he's a bit overwhelmed by it. And Gideon, in the midst of all that, trusted God and did things God's way, and God helped Gideon to overcome the circumstances he faced in an amazing way. God changed Gideon step by step, and I want to say to you today that God can change your life in a powerful way. Let me give you a little bit more background so you understand the story here. This Gideon fella is a farmer. Nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing. As a, as a young kid growing up, my grandparents had a farm, and I hung out there a lot. Oh boy, it's a lot of work, and Gideon was a farmer, and he becomes this national hero. He saved the nation against incredible odds. Israel here was at the lowest point of that nation. They were emotionally broken. They were physically spent. They were mentally and economically and spiritually bankrupt 
and an enemy nation by the name of the Midianites swept in 135,000 strong, and they came in like a swarm of locusts, and they forced all the people there who lived in Israel to go out and hide in the shadows and to stay in the caves. It was no doubt a scary time in the life of these people. They were living in caves and barely surviving. And we find here in Judges 6 that Gideon, he's initially here down in a wine press and he's threshing grain out there instead of out in the open where the wind could have helped him to kind of blow away the shaft. And he's hiding out here as scared of his shadow because he knows if the Midians see him, they're going to kill him and they're going to take his wheat from him. So God works in his life in a quite an amazing way here. And oftentimes God works in mysterious ways, right? We see that often throughout the Bible and how God works in our lives. And I know some of you are thinking right now that God can never use me. I don't have the kinds of gifts and graces that would really be useful in the kingdom of God. But don't bet on it because God often uses the most unlikely people to accomplish the task. It's seen all the time here in the Bible. And this is what the story of Gideon is really all about, how God turns nobodies into somebodies. It's the process here, if you take a look at Judges 6 and 7, uh, the story of the process that God uses to change losers into leaders, to make zeros into heroes, turn cowards into champions. And this is really where we're at and what happened here in the life of Gideon. And I tell you, it can happen in your life. Notice that Gideon was a very timid person. If you look at this, he's very uh, hesitant, very mousy, if you will. He was afraid of his own shadow. He was scared to death. He had all kinds of insecurities. He had these feelings of inaccuracy. He had self-doubt. I mean, a modern-day person would probably say a psychologist, this person had an inferiority complex. Gideon was, Gideon was hiding out. And out of fear, Gideon here, he had climbed down into this wine press, and he's threshing grain to kind of eke out a little bit of wheat to make some bread for his family that's living in a cave. And these are dark times. These are desperate circumstances. Everybody has lost hope. They're helpless. And he hears the word of the Lord there in verse 12. This angel appears to him and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now you talk about irony. Here this guy is scared to death, can't even tie his shoes. He's afraid of his shadow. And the Lord comes in this manner and calls him a mighty warrior. I want us to take some things from this text and really reflect here on this process. God working in this guy's life, the first thing that we see here is a word of affirmation. I always find in life, it seems that God starts in our lives with some encouragement. And believe me, especially in our days, we need encouragement. But God speaks here in this way to really encourage the life of Gideon. He sees his potential. In God's foreknowledge, God's uh, omnipotence and omniscience, he sees what Gideon can do, and we need that kind of encouragement. I remember uh, from the preschool, this student who had uh, the habit of patting one of the teachers on, on, the, on the seat, and uh, just every time the teacher would go by, we'd kind of give her a slap, and she continued to scold him and try to tell him, you know, he was doing something wrong, and finally she had to resort to putting him in a timeout chair. 
And later in the day, dad shows up and she kind of quietly confides in dad and said, hey, your son keeps hitting me on, 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 on my rear end and uh, can you tell me what's going on here? And he said, oh, I'm sorry about that. He said, we were watching football last night and the players kept swatting each other on the rear end. And I just told him that's a way of telling them that you're doing a good job. <laughs> so you're do you must be doing a good job. <laughs> and you know, the Lord came and gave a swat on Gideon here and said, you know what, you're doing a good job. I really believe that God starts with words of affirmation in our life. God starts with words of encouragement. We need encouragement. God wants us to get a glimpse of our potential. He wants us to see what we could really become. And the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. And he said, you are a mighty warrior, Gideon. And Gideon was anything but that. He was hiding out in the wine press. Everyone could see that he wasn't a courageous individual. Nothing could be further from the truth. And I'm sure Gideon would say, hey, I'm not the mighty warrior. I'm the chicken-hearted. But Gideon was looking here, and he wasn't seeing the potential that God saw in him. Now, Jesus often did that, and he was dish out all kinds of affirmation to people all the time. Think about Peter, for example. Jesus would look there at Peter and say, Peter, you're going to be a rock. And Peter was anything but a rock, this impulsive kind of guy. And yet Jesus began there in his life, Peter, you're going to be a rock. Here in this story, he's giving these words of encouragement. And God looked at Gideon and said, you think you are a weakling, but you're really a mighty warrior. You need to reevaluate who you are. And notice Gideon's reaction here as he started making excuses in verse 13. But sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? And where are all of the wonders that the fathers told us about? Where are all these things? This is a vocabulary of an insecure person. Notice the words here, well, if, or why has all this happened? Or where are all the wonders you told us about? But, 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 those are the words of insecurity. And Gideon here started making excuses. Who, me? He's protesting. And he's saying, I'm not a mighty person of value, valor. He had so much self-doubt that, in fact, three times he had to keep asking God, is it really you that I'm talking to? And he came with all of these excuses, and he says in verse 15, But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest of all, and I am the least in my family. You know, I really believe that many people miss God's plan for their life because they just can't surrender to the Lord. They just can't understand the potential that God sees in them. And they miss out on a great blessing. They can't see themselves as being dynamic. They can't see themselves as being used in the kingdom of God. They can't see themselves as just saying a word of encouragement could really transform another person's life. Or just going down to UC Hospital and handing some, some uh, baked goods or sharing some words of encouragement or having a prayer with someone could change a life. 
Notice the response here. The Lord turned to him and said, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites as if they were one person. He said it's going to be a cinch. God's response to your insecurity are basically three statements. God said here, I'm sending you, I'm going to be with you, and you can't fail. And when you're doing God's will, you're not going to fail. If you truly are in the will of God, you're not going to fail. The Bible there says in Romans 8 and 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? And we see here the word beginning in the life of this guy, Gideon, with these incredible words of affirmation, with great encouragement. He starts there. But a second thing that we see that takes place in this guy's life is something else here, and that is God's revelation. We see revelation that takes place. Gideon had a personal encounter with God. He had this personal experience with the Lord. And the fact of the matter is, when God wants to change a person, he encourages you, and then he meets you there. He shines his face upon you, and you have a personal experience with God. You have a personal revelation with the Lord. I wonder today if you've had that kind of personal encounter with God. Jesus said, if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you have to have a personal encounter. You have to be born again. And I wonder today if you've had that born again experience. I wonder if you have had that moment with God, a come-to-Jesus meeting where you have been sorrowful for your sins and asked God in your life. We all need that kind of revelation. I remember the little girl that was washing dishes with her mother. And as they were washing dishes, the little girl looked over and noticed her mother had some gray hair. And she kind of said, Mom, I see some of your, your brunette hair. It, it's turning white how come and the mother said well every time you do something wrong or every time you do something that makes me cry another hair turns white and the little girl thought about that revelation and she said well how come grandma's got all white hair <laughs> let me say that life becomes more than religion when you have a personal encounter with God. It becomes a personal relationship when you have a revelation from God. Now, there's an altar here. What does an altar represent? Well, in the Old Testament, the altar always represented a personal commitment to God. An altar represented that moment where a person had an encounter with God. And notice here in the story that Gideon is saying, well, I don't ever want to forget this encounter I had with you, so I'm putting some stones here, and I'm going to make an altar so that every time I pass by, I'm going to remember that I encountered God here. And this represents this altar where God meets mankind. Now, I know in our day, it seems to be that oftentimes the altar rails don't get frequented very much anymore. For almost all of my ministry, I've always extended an altar call for folks. And I want you to know that every time you're here, these altars are always open for a time of prayer because I tell you, this is where God intersects with mankind. 
this altar here in this man's life, he encountered God. He even named the altar. The Lord is peace. It was so potent and powerful in his life. The first time in his life, he felt at peace. And you know, that's a good point because no matter, you know, what we go through, what our circumstances are going to be, we need that kind of peace in our life. We're going to face all kinds of storms in life. And that's the lesson here. Before you're ready to fight the external battles, you need the internal peace to be able to manage it all. Before you're ready to face the tough times, uh, whatever it is out there in life, you need that internal peace. First, you see God's affirmation. Secondly, here in this man's life, you see the revelation, Gideon, I'm here. I'm going to help you with this. I'm not going to let you go, and you're going to succeed. And all of a sudden, something else begins to happen in this guy's life. The third thing, as part of the process, is there's transformation. That's where he receives the power of God upon his life. Notice verse 34. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Now he's ready for service. Now he's filled with God, his spirit, ready to be a leader. And God says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to put my power in your life. And he'd promised his spirit. And now he is ready. The spirit of Gideon's life is now God working through him. And it goes on to here say, the spirit came upon Gideon. Literally in the Hebrew, it is the spirit clothed himself with Gideon. And I don't know about you, but I like that. The Spirit clothed him. It's like saying, Gideon, I'm going to take over your body. And God works in our world, but he does it through people who are usable, people who are available. And God in Gideon here, it, it's one plus God equals a majority. And now he had the power, now he had the confidence, now he had the strength, now he had the energy to go forth and to defeat this mighty army and he became a national hero god used him in a dire time in an amazing way and the spirit transformed his life god's spirit if you go through and read the rest of judges six and seven you had the conclusion here of the story and gideon was now ready and he became this transformed individual for god that did amazing amazing things gideon became this hero of sorts and just a few weeks' time, he was a changed man from a guy that was hiding in the shadows, afraid to even tie his own shoes. But you know what? That's how God works. Now, do you think that God could use you in that way? I know he could. I know he could. I know a lot of people will say, I can't see myself being used of God. But the fact is we always act in accordance with the way we see ourselves. Do you see yourself as shy? Well, you're probably shy. Uh, do you see yourself as kind of hesitant in life and can't make a decision? You probably are. Do you see yourself as kind of clumsy and not very coordinated? You probably are. Whatever it is, we always seem to live up to the view of ourselves. And God has to start in our life with reminding us he can see us. He reevaluates helps us to see ourselves in a different way. And really, this is what this series is about. In another way, it's about being available. How available are you today? I'm full of props. 
I've got another prop. And it's glove. And you know, uh, it's great to have these gloves for doing work and things like that. But as you know, the glove can't do anything by itself, but it's when your hand is in the glove that it can do many, many things. And we know it's not the glove, but it's actually the hand in the glove. And you know that's part of this story here because we are the glove and it's the Holy Spirit that we're asking to come inside of us and fill us and use us to do amazing things. And not only just to fill the pinky or to fill the area where the thumb goes, but to fill every nook and cranny in your house, every part of your life, the Holy Spirit to fill, to make room for the hands so that every finger is filled. I wonder today if you are available for the Lord's service. I wonder if you've had that personal encounter with God and heard those words of affirmation and had your life transformed. Shall we pray together? Oh God, for these moments of worship today, We pray that you would fill our cup. Whatever's going on in our lives today, oh God, that you would just have right away. Provide that much needed encouragement to someone here. Help that one that needs that new touch, your spirit, that fresh anointing, that personal encounter. May we be open and available to be used of you, we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord.